0: Hello and thank you for tuning in to the Weird, Wacky and Wonderful Stories podcast. Now, please welcome, all the way from the front living room, your hosts, Shelley and Bella. Hey everybody and welcome to episode 25 of the Weird, Wacky Wonderful Stories podcast. Hello. So this week we are going to do the show on vampires. So this is going to be quite a morbid kind of show this week, isn't it really? It's not going to be as sort of laughy and jokey as the others, I don't think, because...
1: I don't know.
0: Some of the content is pretty harrowing, isn't it?
1: Yeah, but it's not like we haven't talked about crazy stuff before and come up with things to talk about. We have weird senses of humour.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. So this is more your kind of bag, isn't it, vampires? You're quite into all that sort of stuff, aren't you?
1: Well, when I was a kid, vampires were, to me, the most scary monsters, right? Because my mom used to watch this thing that came on late at night It was called Ghost Host, Mm -hmm. and we never had that
0: here. Well, I'd never seen it anyway.
1: Yeah, well, it always had horror movies on, and it was like eleven thirty, I think it started. Because she was a night owl, then I think I come by it honestly because I would be up really late as a child.
0: So that's where you get it from,
1: yeah, and that's why
0: still to this day I fall asleep alone.
1: You fall asleep <laughs> with me. You just wake up alone a lot in the yeah, middle of the night. Yeah, because you've gone downstairs. Because you'll go, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm falling asleep now. I'm, I'm nodding off after you've been asleep for an hour. <laughs> so I get sick of hearing you do it. So I get out of bed and come down here. So Ghost Host used to come on on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And most of the time it would be a vampire thing. So they were the scariest things to me until The Exorcist came along. And I actually got to watch that movie and then people being possessed became my biggest horror fear, I guess.
0: One of my biggest fears is aliens because you just don't know how to fight them and my second biggest fear is spiders and there's nothing paranormal about them
1: well nothing about spiders although I'm sure that there are probably loads of like movies and stories that have to do with crazy spiders like arachnophobia I was terrified sitting in the movie theater as a teenager watching arachnophobia
0: (laughs) yeah well it's crazy because some dozy fucker said to me once oh you've got arachnophobia why don't you watch the movie arachnophobia you'll learn something about spiders, and then you won't feel as bad about the little ones that we've got here in the UK. So,
1: Who gave you this?
0: Well, I can't remember, but like an even bigger idiot, I thought, hmm, that sounds like a plan. So I watched it, (laughs) and yeah, it freaked me out. And I actually found out that, you know that spider that jumps against the glass? Yeah. Well, I was told that that was actually a British wolf spider that was superimposed and made to look bigger. I don't actually think it was because we were watching something on the TV the other day of an Australian spider. Remember that guy trying to get the spider up in the corner of the thing? And it was jumping at him.
1: With a racket. Oh
0: my God, that freaked the shit out of me.
1: With one of those electric rackets. That thing would have crawled across all of the little mesh stuff and jumped right on It wouldn't have
0: touched the mesh (laughs) stuff. It would have been on the outer edges of the racket.
1: (laughs) The best thing I saw about those big spiders was I watched a YouTube video of somebody living in Australia and they had one of those in their house and they sucked it up with a vacuum cleaner. And
0: mm-hmm. you actually hear it.
1: I mean, you know, like if you're going to be... Because, I mean, you can extend your vacuum cleaner. Yeah. Like
0: I ain't seeing the bag, though. <laughs> Do you know what I mean?
1: Well, no, it was one of those that held the... So he was in the... In the bag. Not the bag. it's like the one that we have that you can just take off and dump out. Oh, that's even worse. Well, I know, because it it's would not have been... contained in anything.
0: <laughs> you could imagine taking a thing off there and the spider's looking, ah, it's you.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I've been meaning to see you. I've been waiting for you to open this little door.
1: Yeah, you, know. you
0: and me gonna have a chat.
1: <laughs> yeah, like go ahead. Yeah. Open the door. See, me, it would have to go to the dump and you'd have to buy me a shiny brand new vacuum cleaner.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or
1: Hoover, as y'all say.
0: Yeah, well, I think that faced with the option of having to open that or buy you a new vacuum, pick out your fucking vacuum. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, anyway, so... Yeah,
0: vampires. Vampires. Where did this go? Although, one of the things that really freaks me out about spiders is their fangs. That no, whole the thing idea, that freaks me
1: out is that they got eight freaking eyes.
0: They got eight legs. Have they got eight eyes as well? They got one per leg.
1: Well maybe it's more than eight eyes. It but might I know be more than got, eight eyes.
0: Yeah, I know they've got a fuckload of eyes. But anyway, it's the fangs. It's the idea that they can pierce your skin with these fangs. They inject something in there that then liquefies you and then suck it all out. I mean that is pretty close it's to like a, vampire, a vampire isn't. It?
1: Yeah. Because in a lot of legends and that and folklore, the saliva of a vampire has some sort of chemical thing to So that, yeah, so that it can bite you and then...
0: So it's weird, actually, that we should come onto spiders as a fear because, really, it does link back, doesn't it? Imagine a vampire with eight
1: legs. (gasps) (laughs) I think I'm more scared of spiders than vampires, now that I'm older. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, I was...
0: Well, some of these stories that we've got are pretty fucking scary. Yeah. About people who, if they're not actual vampires, certainly believe themselves to be vampires or live their life... As a vampire.
1: I learned, doing all this research, that there are different vampire myths for almost every country in the really? world. They have their own sort of version of their vampires.
0: That's interesting. It would be interesting to know when it kind of started. You know that things like pyramids and some of the weird Aztec and Inca sort of stuff that's well, gone on, and, and you can see it paralleled on different sides of the earth
1: well, at I more have or less
0: the same sort of time.
1: I have some of my notes that are where I will talk about ones that are specific, but you can go on to the web. I think it's a Wikipedia page that has a chart. That will tell you about all the different countries and what they believe. And okay, I, well, I wasn't we will put gonna... the link
0: to that in the show notes for you.
1: Yeah, I definitely wasn't going to print that out because it probably still be printing, <laughs>
0: right? Okay, so yeah, check their show notes, guys, for the links. And also, they will contain the links of everything else that we're going to be talking about today. So, do you want to start us off then? What have you got?
1: Well, see, unlike you, I like lists, I handle lists much better than paragraphs. I like lists, I'm a planner, <laughs> I like lists. Yeah. Well, there's the obvious that Vampires are supposedly very, very pale and cold to the touch, but did you know that it actually goes back further and that female vampires are actually have a really rosy, ruddy red tint?
0: You would assume if they drink a lot of blood, then they would have high iron content, which would make them anything but pale.
1: But would they? If you think about it, right? If they have no blood, they're going to look all pale, and then when they drink blood, it probably puts a whole bunch of colour in their cheeks. So vampires having.
0: are supposed to not have blood? Well, I suppose they're dead, aren't they? So... They wouldn't have blood pumping through their bodies.
1: I would think. Be a lot like a lizard or a snake. They're very cold and they don't hold their body temperature. And the reason that they don't is because they have no like doesn't really flow like ours does so.
0: i suppose as well if vampires don't like sunlight then that's another reason why they wouldn't have a tan
1: uh-huh No, i'm curious <laughs> well, maybe that's
0: another reason why they're pale
1: they're actually some vampire myths say that vampires are actually shapeshifters and that they shouldn't actually have their own category because they can change into a bat which is you know the most common, common. so it's that vampires are actually more closely related to a werewolf because a werewolf is supposedly able to shapeshift. I never knew that. I mean, no. I, I didn't think about the connection. Some vampires can fly and some can't. I don't Especially know. Especially if they're a bat. Uh-huh. They'd have, I'm talking they'd about before, job, before they'd they... would have a job
0: flying if they were a werewolf, wouldn't <laughs> they? The <laughs> oh, fuck? Is it a bird? Is it a plane? That's fucking Teen Wolf. <laughs> Here goes Michael J. Fox flying through the air.
1: Yeah, you're telling your age now.
0: Hey, that was a cool movie. There man. are
1: probably a lot of people listening to this who haven't no idea
0: no not necessarily so netflix has got a teen wolf series
1: well yeah but they may not know that it all started from a movie right okay they have no shadows or at least they don't cast a shadow and they have no reflections that's pretty standard for a vampire isn't it why
0: why would you think that would be if you were to look at the folklore why would you think that would be a part of it
1: because it said that people with no soul don't cast, cast shadow. shadow and that's why they don't have a reflection in a mirror as well that's another reason why in a lot of myths you can't photograph a vampire either because they don't have a soul how the
0: fuck would they have a passport a passport yeah or be able to have a driving license they'd be screwed wouldn't they
1: oh <laughs> yeah. well they don't need one do they because they can just like do whatever Yeah, so they also can't cross bodies of water, or not that they can't, but they don't like to. And if they travel with a little companion who looks after them during the day, there's usually some earth from their homeland. Another thing is, rather than dirt, some believe that there has to be blood In the bottom of the coffin instead of dirt. I don't know why that is. I've never heard of that until. No. So sunlight burns them and they become obviously particularly vulnerable because they're in a comatose state. So if you do open the casket and try to stick a stake through their heart or whatever, that's why in a lot of the movies they just lay there and don't do anything because they can't in the daytime.
0: It would be okay in this country. I'm surprised that we're not flooded with vampires because we get very little sunlight.
1: <laughs> yeah vampires also have very specific dietary needs in case you know you didn't think Uh, that blood yeah what blood is but some can actually eat food some can't sometimes it's portrayed as they are able to do it and it's sort of a way of concealing what they are because people think they can't eat but supposedly it's like a defense mechanism sort of thing not gonna be eating garlic bread though are they no (laughs) although i also did find out that some cultures don't think garlic has a dang thing to do with it the only reason that garlic came into it was because people don't like garlic because of the smell on the breath, but Mm. it actually does, not that I've done a taste test, but garlic does change what your blood... Well, it has certain
0: healing properties for the blood, doesn't it? Because it does act again as like antioxidant and it helps to clean and purify the blood from what I've read.
1: Well, I'm not really sure about that, but we can look it up on the break and find out. Mm. It's really common in most sort of horror movies or... Books or anything that the ways to ward them off are garlic. But I didn't know this uh, rose bush branches. I've never heard of that before. But apparently, it is a popular belief because I read it in more than one place. All things sacred, so crosses and crucifixes. However, I also found out that it does not matter, other than I suppose if you worship the devil, but it doesn't matter what faith the object comes from.
0: So it could be some Buddhist symbol or something and that would still have the same effect on it.
1: Yep, that if the person that's holding it believes that that's a, you know...
0: Talisman of protection.
1: Yeah, then it'll work. Right. So I never knew that.
0: i got to get myself a talisman. Protect myself against spiders. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. We could make those. We could probably sell loads of those.
0: But when you used to do a lot of the rune readings that you used to do, you made me a binding rune, wasn't it, for protection. Yeah, and good that luck to work cool. it was. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. And you still have it in your I wallet. i got it in
0: my wallet still to this day. So
1: on the outside of the wallet, it looks like a condom, but it isn't. It's a little, you yeah. Know. Talisman.
0: Yeah, only because you felt my wallet at one point and went, What the fuck is that? And then realized it was the rune that you (laughs) gave me.
1: That's true. I was like, Oh my God, don't tell me he's got one of these in his wallet. Uh Because if he does, we got some things to talk about. Mm -hmm. So, ways to kill them are. A consecrated bullet. I don't think I heard that before. A wooden stake. Well like
0: a silver bullet, isn't it? That's mm. blessed and or in mm. the holy water and stuff. Yeah. I've heard of that.
1: You can put the stake in their heart, but it has to be where two roads meet. So yeah. Uh, I never like heard... a T bone steak. <laughs> You're funny. Yeah. Here, eat this steak while I stake you. <laughs> yeah. Would you like that raw or rare? No, I was on about
0: T-bone steak, like a T-junction, because you said when I two know, roads meet. I
1: know, I know, which is why I said, eat this steak while it to I stick a steak through your, I know, it's just terrible, isn't it? <laughs> Okay, and now on to my sort of favorite little fact about vampires is that they love to count. They have to. They have, like, it's an OCD thing for a vampire that they have to count things. So people would stick fishing nets outside of their windows so that they would have to count all the little knots. In the, I believe it's the Chinese lore, it's rice. They have to count each thing. Each of, grain of rice. Each grain of rice. Salt. If you put salt there, sand, because they have to. And- if a vampire
0: ran into our house, then it would be counting the shits on the floor because we would all just shit ourselves, when we? And then yeah, it would yeah. be going, okay, one poop, two
1: poop. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> one poop, ah, ah, two poop. <laughs>
1: Ah, ah. (laughs) okay well that's put a nice image into my head thank you very much sorry about that so the theory behind that is that if you give them enough things to count they can't get you because by the time they're finished counting it's daytime and they have to
0: and you fucked off i mean that's what you do you chuck something down and they say i'm out of here no
1: no 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 what would be cool right The vampire comes in and you just plunk down a big old bag of sand and go, I'm going to stand here and watch you, And they got to count it. Can you imagine? They'd be looking at you and they'd be like, oh, I'm so going to stick my fangs in you. And then you're like.
0: Yeah. And you'd be going like (laughs) 44, 22, (laughs) 11.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Did you lose your spot? (laughs) And then obviously that's where the count von count on Sesame Street comes from, and that's why he counts. And they also count very, very slowly, very slow, and that's why he goes, one.
0: See, I always thought that the count on Sesame Street was called the count because Count Dracula, not because they like to count. Yeah, they As do. in a count or a countess, mm-hmm. which has nothing to do with actually counting.
1: Well, that's why he's Count Von Count, because right, okay. he is a count, and then he has to count. Okay. So, no real info on why he might be purple, because you'd think he would be, like, super pale. Pale,
0: exactly, uh, grey.
1: And there are loads of things that I saw in my research, and but also something that I remember. They use vampires in really strange ways in the media. When I was a kid... There were cereals. Um, yeah, yeah. There was, was Boo Berry.
0: I was watching Everybody Loves Raymond this morning. And what's his wife's name, Deborah, is it? So she, uh, she says to her daughter, hurry up and eat your breakfast. It's the most important meal of the day. Just eat your Count chocolate.
1: hmm yep. So it was that
0: one? That you there had. was
1: Booberry, Frankenberry. So you've got the ghost thing, the Frankenstein, and then there was Count Chocula. So, and that was chocolate. And they had little marshmallows in there. Wow. Oh. Yeah, so that's kind of interesting. Like, you wouldn't think that that cereal would have been very popular, but it really was.
0: I've just realised why the count on Sesame Street is purple. Why? Because he's got a bloke's hand up his ass.
1: <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> oh, my God. Yep. I guess he doesn't have to worry about hemorrhoids.
0: One prostate exam. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But then the other thing about this whole counting thing, it seems somehow along the way it's actually gotten lost. And so there was another instance of a TV show where it had a vampire that had to count. Uh, It was in an X-Files episode called Bad Blood and that's all I could really come up with.
0: Did you remember that one which was done by Mel Brooks, Dracula, Dead on Loving It? Yeah. And it was Leslie Nielsen. Leslie was Nielsen, the was yeah. the, He was brilliant in that role, hmm. by the way. He did a really good... I know it was a, a sort of send-up of the whole thing, but he did a really good job of it. Didn't he have to count in that? Wasn't there something to do with counting
1: in there? I don't remember, gosh.
0: I seem to remember something being thrown on the floor, like diamonds or this woman's jewellery or something. We'll have to watch it again, but I seem to remember something... And he stood there counting it.
1: Yeah, we'll have to watch tonight so that we can see. Yeah,
0: that was a good movie.
1: Anyway, so would you like a turn?
0: Sure. Well, mine is a little bit sort of macabre, really, than what we've been talking about.
1: So, a thing that sucks blood and then ways to kill it. No, but we're talking about
0: folklore. I'm talking about real life now. Oh, okay. Okay, Yeah,
1: yeah, that trumps me. Yeah,
0: don't say trump. Seriously. Trump doesn't mean that anymore, does it? As soon as someone say, someone trumps me, I'm thinking of Donald Trump sitting on you or something.
1: Okay, okay.
0: Children playing near a hillside gravel mine found some graves... And this is back in 1990 in Griswold, Connecticut. Now, police initially thought that the burials were maybe the work of a local serial killer or someone that had been quite prolific in the area by the name of Michael Ross. They closed off the area and got in the forensic teams and everything and dealt with it as a crime scene. But it turned out that the bones were really, really old and, in fact, went back as far as the sort of 17, 1800s. They called in an archaeologist by the name of Nick Bellatoni. So this Nick Bellatoni found that many of the skeletons in these coffins in these graves were of children and they were laid to rest and it says in this article in thrifty yankee style so they had simple wood coffins they didn't have jewelry with them or any clothing even in some cases their arms are resting by their sides or crossed over their chest so quite a normal sort of scenario Mm. okay that was except for burial number four so burial number four the body in it was sort of dubbed jb and the reason for that is is because on the lid of the casket was in brass tacks, spelled out the initials JB. And this coffin was red. It was painted red. And when they actually took the lid off of the coffin, they found that the, the skeleton had been decapitated yeah. and laid on top of the ribcage with the thigh bones so that it looked like the Jolly Roger sign, the skull and crossbones.
1: Jolly Roger sign.
0: You know pirates, the pirate oh, yeah, sign? Yeah yeah yeah? yeah, yeah, yeah. They believe that the beheading of the body and the, the way they kind of took it apart happened about five years after the death of whoever JB was.
1: Right, okay, so they buried him and then... Or five years later, and then exhumed... Yeah. All right.
0: Okay. Now, around that sort of time when all of this was going on, there was a neighboring city in Connecticut called Jewett City, mm-hmm. J E W E T T. And the townspeople there had exhumed several of the corpses, because they believed that a recent spate of murders was coming from these bodies rising from their graves and then committing these acts.
1: When was this? What year was this? This
0: was in 1854. It looks like maybe this Griswold grave of JB was affected at the same sort of time. So maybe there was another murder going on or another series of murders going on in this neighbouring city of Griswold.
1: And that's why they dug it up. And
0: then they believe that possibly they dug that up and did the same to it. So they reckon that there's been about 80 of these exhumations that go back as far as the 1700s and as far west as Minnesota but most of them happened in and around New England in around the 1800s. Now this was obviously a good hundred odd years after the Salem witch trials which they believe was maybe the birth of all of this.
1: Yeah it was funny because that's what I was thinking in my head I wonder if this is connected somehow to the witch trials. and.
0: Another thing that's interesting to note is a lot of this was happening around the time that tuberculosis was ravaging the, mm, the world.
1: Consumption.
0: Yeah exactly and in fact it was found that JB had actually suffered from tuberculosis or certainly a, a lung disease that was very similar to it these kind of things happen very often to these rural families because they lived on the outskirts and they weren't in the cities where they could get more medication and you know easier access to the medical care albeit that the medical care back then didn't have much of a clue with tuberculosis anyway yeah i was gonna
1: say people died from tuberculosis back then today that's not necessarily so did you know just as an aside that it used to be a long time ago anemia they said that meant that you were a vampire if you were anemic.
0: Well, it's funny because some of the things that I've read states that modern-day vampires who believe that they are vampires, one of the things that they're most at risk of, other than the normal sort of blood pathogens that can be found, is consuming too much iron
1: Hmm. and
0: then actually going the other way.
1: Make your shit nice and black.
0: Yeah, tell me about it. Although these vampire exhumations happened fairly widely, most of them were around Maine and Plymouth, Massachusetts. A lot of them, they would open the caskets, they would behead them, et cetera, et cetera, like we've already spoken about. But in some places, like Connecticut, Rhode Island, Vermont, they actually burned the dead person's heart. And not only did they burn it, they actually inhaled the smoke from the heart as it was burning. And they believed that that would protect them against them ever turning into a vampire.
1: Okay, that's I've never heard that before, but okay. And why would they only burn the heart? I suppose that's their life force, isn't it? Well, that's what pumps the blood, so maybe... Yeah, if they don't have that, then they probably... The blood doesn't do them any good.
0: In the Plymouth, Massachusetts area, they actually... Rather than opening the casket and beheading them, they just used to turn the casket upside down because they believed that if they left the vampire in the casket face down, then it wouldn't be able to rise.
1: See, now that makes me think of cartoons where they've got that wood cut out, like, when they're running through the wall, like, and all of a sudden they go through and it's got, like, a shape of whatever they are running through the wall. Then that makes me think of a vampire. He'll be like, no, and he's going to bust out the bottom and they'll be like... Just an
0: outline of a vampire Mm. with fangs.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So,
0: a lot of the time, it would only be the family of the dead person. Sometimes, maybe the neighbours that got involved in exhuming the bodies of their loved ones or their neighbours. Occasionally, maybe medical professions or even clergymen would be involved in helping actually exhume the body and doing whatever needed to be done. But mostly, it was just the family or close neighbours that and would get involved. And that's
1: where the whole thing, I think, Bram Stoker, when he was coming up with his Dracula thing, it was a friend... And didn't really involve people that they didn't know. It was all like within this really close circle of people that he terrorized. While we were on the break, we did what we said we were going to do and we looked up garlic and had see. a cup of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> and some chocolate and garlic. Garlic. Garlic chocolate. Ew, that would be enough to keep me away from someone. Right. So, garlic has been a traditional vampire repellent and used as a form of protection for over 2,000 years. The ancient Egyptians believed garlic was a gift from God.
0: Well, it's something that's grown on the earth, isn't it, I guess? so. Hmm.
1: Roman soldiers thought it gave them courage. Sailors believed it protected them from shipwreck. German miners believed it protected them from evil spirits when they went underground. In several cultures, brides carried garlic under their clothes for protection, and cloves of garlic were used to protect people from a wide range of illnesses. Modern day scientists found that the oil in garlic, which is called allicin, A-L-L-I-C-I-N, is a highly effective antibiotic. So, Interesting.
0: Incidentally, if you are thinking of using garlic for any of the ailments that we've just mentioned, please do obviously consult your doctor because we've just taken this off the internet and it shouldn't be classed as sound medical advice.
1: No, but you wouldn't want to go... Near that, would you? The wedding night's
0: gonna be interesting, (laughs) isn't it? I wonder if he wears it as well. He's got some garlic shoved in his pants.
1: Yeah, maybe pulling off the garter comes from the guy going, Okay, we're married now, you don't need that garlic anymore. Yeah, throw it away. (laughs) So I wanted to talk about two historical figures that some say contributed to the vampire lore. One of them was Vlad the Impaler. I'm sure loads of people have maybe heard of him over time or maybe on the History Channel. They did a really good show on Vlad the Impaler on the History Channel. So Vlad, he was not a very good guy. He used to nail people's hats to their heads. As punishment, um, he'd skin people alive, and he impaled them on upright stakes. He also liked to dip bread into the blood of his enemies and eat it. His name, Vlad, means son of the dragon, or Dracula, who has been identified as a historical Dracula. That was his father, whose name was Dracul. Mm. So he would be Vlad the second, and this is Vlad the third, Which has he, more
0: gravitas than little (laughs) drac.
1: yeah vlad the impeller was murdered in 1476 but they say that his tomb is empty that there's nothing in it really Mm. so that's pretty weird isn't it and then the other person that i wanted to talk about was the countess elizabeth bathory now she was around from 1560 to 1614 so this is going back quite a ways Uh, she bit the flesh of girls and tortured them and bathed in their blood to retain her youthful beauty. She was, by all accounts, very attractive Women, but I bet she's not now. <laughs> oh,
0: what a bitch.
1: But again, History Channel does a really good documentary on her. And then, one other footnote to the whole Vlad the Impaler thing, he is portrayed in history as somebody that's just been... He was evil. You know, they don't mm-hmm. really say much... That's good about the man. However, crime definitely declined during his reign. He reigned three times. Once for a year, and then once for six years, and then once again for another year.
0: So Vlad the Impaler was Romanian, right? Yep. Do you know there's a Romanian legend that says that if you want to find a vampire, that what you have to do is find a seven-year-old boy, put him on a white horse, and... let the horse roam around a graveyard at midday. The grave that the horse finally stops and rests at is that which is the grave of a sleeping or hibernating vampire.
1: Interesting, I didn't know that. So you don't want to do that on a very, very hot day because you're going to be really uncomfortable as the little boy riding the horse and you don't want to do it when it's freaking cold because the little boy will be awfully cold. Just saying. All that to find a vampire. Oh, and the the thing that you said about the vampire digging its way, if you do the casket upside upside down. down, that the whole theory behind that is that it will still come out the top, but it will continue to dig itself further into the earth and it won't. Really? So that's why they say that that works. According to the Egyptian Book of the Dead, There were vampires then as well. And what that was, was that if the Ka, which is one of the five parts of the soul that the Egyptians believed in, if it didn't receive particular offerings, so I guess if they don't bury the person or mummify the person or do whatever they're supposed to do correctly and the Ka isn't happy about it, it will then venture out of the tomb... And it will look for nourishment and that one of the things that it would do was drink the blood of the living. So it was very important that you prepared the bodies correctly for burial.
0: Well, talking about burial, one of the things that fed this folklore of vampires was the very misunderstood process of decomposition. What happens is, is when a body gets put in a grave, the intestines will begin to bloat and that can force blood up into the mouth. So when the casket was then opened later on, it would would look as if the body had recently consumed somebody or drunk blood because of that blood that was forming around the mouth. Now, obviously that's well understood by doctors and morticians and that today. But back in the day, they found that if they buried the bodies in the winter that it wouldn't happen. Yeah, because they're frozen. (laughs) No, well, of course it would happen, but it would just take longer to happen. So if they opened it up a month or two later, they wouldn't be seeing that blood Hmm. around the mouth because it's taken longer for the body to decompose.
1: So vampires can be created in a whole bunch of different ways. And the most popular one, obviously, is if the vampire bites somebody else but doesn't kill them and they have to bite them three times, actually, Mm -hmm. and then that person would become a vampire. But if you were the seventh son of a seventh son, Mm -hmm. that you would be a vampire birth control. Hello. (laughs) It's funny though, isn't it? When
0: you think about it, the seventh son of the seventh son, because in the Bible, seven is a very holy number. So it almost seems weird, doesn't it? That you've got this undead entity, if you like, that's coming back and a holy number is used. Well, I guess that they used to say 666 was bad, didn't they? But apparently 777 is...
1: I don't know about the seven things. I mean, other than the, the seven seals. Is that what you're talking about? There are the seven seals that lead up to the apocalypse. and
0: Seven appears lots of the ways through the Bible. So the, Jesus was in that desert for seven days and seven nights, wasn't he? And
1: oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I'm not very religious. So everything that I learn about religion, I <laughs> get mostly from...
0: That's when he was being tested by the devil. And he was seven days and seven nights.
1: So I found some information on a disease called porphyria which they call the vampire or dracula disease and this is a actual medical condition and it causes vampire-like symptoms such as an extreme sensitivity to light and sometimes hairiness bryce <laughs> poor kid him and his photo feet and <laughs> well, now i'm thinking um, about the
0: light thing as well because the only light that he ever gets is that from his computer
1: yeah pixel romantic glow or something that's that's, that's what it was. yeah i shouldn't tell him that and then in, in extreme cases this disease can cause your teeth to become stained a reddish brown and the person would go mad so
0: wow well it's funny because if you look in nature there's a lot of vampiric animals so obviously you've got leeches lampreys vampire bats do they,
1: vampire bats actually
0: they do suck blood but do they? they don't kill they only ever suck enough blood for their own sustenance
1: so they're actually just big freaking mosquitoes
0: exactly and i mean there we go another example there that mosquitoes they can't see <laughs> But it's funny that blood is toxic and it's certainly toxic to humans. If we consume blood, as I said, there are toxins in the blood that we have trouble dealing with. And as I said before, iron, there's actually a medical condition called hemochromatosis, which is iron overdose because the body struggles in getting rid of iron. So those people out there that are practicing it, have to be really really careful because they can give themselves serious liver and nervous system damage
1: in 2009 a 16th century female skull with a rock wedged in its mouth was found near the remains of plague victims now during that period people would stick rocks or bricks into the mouth of somebody they suspected of being a vampire so i guess people thought a lot of the people that died from the plague associated that with vampires and, poor thing, it was the reason that the bubonic plague was spreading. It wasn't rats. They didn't know why it was happening. So people thought it was vampires. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you don't believe in, like, diseases, but, hey, those vampires, you've really got to watch out for them. And I always heard that they could turn into bats, and then I learned about werewolves. But did you know that because they have control over the animal world— They can also turn into rats, owls, moths, a fox, or a wolf. Right, so a bit more folklore. So vampires can become vampires not just from being bitten, but if they were a werewolf before, then they could become a vampire. If they practice sorcery, or if they were excommunicated, if they committed suicide... If they were an illegitimate child of parents who were illegitimate, and then if the child died before a baptism, anyone who eats the flesh of a sheep that was killed by a wolf, and then there's the seventh son of the seventh son. If a nun stepped over an unburied body, she could become a werewolf. If a child had teeth when they were born... They could become a werewolf. So that's interesting because I have heard of that sort of thing happening. Babies being born with teeth. If a cat jumped on their corpse before being buried, they could also turn into vampires. Of course, if nobody saw it, does that actually mean a cat jumped on their corpse? Or is it one of those whole things like if a tree falls in the forest and nobody's there to hear it, did it make a sound? So, this is interesting. A vampire initially emerges, and it comes out all soft and gooey, with no real form. And it's like a bag of blood. It has eyes, though, which would be red and glowing. And instead of a nose, it had a sharp snout that he sucked blood with. And if this thing could survive for 40 days, then he would grow bones and a body... And they would become the vampires. Why? So that's interesting. i never heard that before. <laughs> Have you ever heard of Bonicula?
0: Is that anything to do with the banana? No. Then no.
1: It has to do with a children's fiction book. And Bonicula is a little rabbit who lives a very happy existence as a vegetarian vampire.
0: A vegetarian vampire? Hmm. What's it doing? Sucking tomatoes? <laughs> Yeah, right. Well, that's the closest thing I could think to a body, isn't it? You he's got know, some got really messed
1: up looking fangs too, doesn't he? Because he's like I don't a bucktooth he? vampire. I don't know, but rabbits have the little...
0: If you could have only seen the face that she just pulled to me whilst doing that.
1: <gasps> Fuck and you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then there are some people who believe, and we can end on this if you'd like, that Prince Charles is a direct descendant of Vlad the Impaler. Wow. But you would think that that would be, like, really well known if it was true.
0: Yeah. Uh, There are some crazy theories about the royal family being aliens and goodness knows what else, but... hmm. There's
1: going to be a whole bunch of people now thinking, ooh, let's whip out the history books and see how far back we can go. Because, I mean, I would assume that the royal family is, I mean, the lineage can be tracked for Well, I think there
0: has to be, doesn't it? It has to be what? tracked so we shall end on the fact that prince charles may be a direct descendant of a vampire you heard it here first guys (laughs) fuck knows where she heard it from but you heard it here first anyway thank you very much for listening we really do appreciate it please do send your stories or ideas or shout outs to weirdwackywonderful at outlook.com and we will get right onto them for you
1: oh wait before we go just because we were talking about Prince Charles. It's also said that Camilla is the prototype for future female and lesbian vampires. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. There's no answer to that.
0: Right. We're going now because I need to piss anyway, so I'm going to be getting Vlad the Impaler out, and uh, we'll speak to you next week. Take it easy, guys.
1: (laughs) Nice.